What's up, Fem Radio? This is Melissa, your host for another installment of Talk Fem to Me. Happy Monday. It's 7 a.m. I had zero ability to do this episode at all this week. It was such a hectic week. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but I'm waking up on, you know, I woke up on Monday morning and I'm recording this. And if it's good, I'll release it within minutes of finishing the recording. So you're getting something hot off the press here, guys. This is pretty, pretty close to um, being a live episode. So call me a live podcast host. Add that to my resume. Per usual, anytime I do something in the morning, my allergies are on a thousand. Um, I can't sleep at night unless the AC is blasting and it blasts all night in my face. So I wake up and I'm just like in a cloud essentially. So my nose is stuffed. I can't breathe. Um, but not sick, not sick. I just um, progressively get better throughout the day. <laughs> so in the morning I wake up and I'm literally, I feel like absolute poop and I sound like it too. I mean, obviously you could tell I'm super nasally um, and it looks like, or it sounds like I smoked like 14 packs of cigarettes this weekend, which I did not do and I don't ever do. Therefore, I'm going to do my very best to edit out all of my sniffles Um, and any of my sneezes that might come along the way. Today, we have a great show lined up. So today's topic is gender roles. So if you follow me on social media, I found an article from BuzzFeed. I shared it on my page and asked, you know, who would want me to talk about gender roles at home on the show. And it was pretty much a unanimous 100% yes with like, 70 people voting so it was the highest poll I've ever done um and it might not sound like a lot to other people who get more people to respond to their polls but it was definitely a lot for me um so yeah we're gonna get into that in a little bit but first as per usual I'm gonna catch you up on what's going on in my life um as you know I typically record my episodes in advance and this week because it was so hectic as I mentioned um I did not get to do that so The first reason as to why I was so busy this week is that my parents have officially moved out of my childhood home. Uh, I lived there for 24 years, and I know that people, you know, insinuate, oh, well, you went to college, so you kind of moved out at 18, and then after college, you moved right into an apartment, so... You definitely moved out at 22, like 21, 22. And I just feel like that's like a crock of shit. Um, Mainly because I'm very, very lucky, very fortunate, very privileged to have still had a room at my parents' house. So whenever I went back, I still had the same room that I slept in as a kid, um, that I slept in while I was in college, that I slept in before college. um, And it was set up exactly the same, right? So I still had a place in my parents' home, um, which I know a lot of kids don't have. And I, you know, I'm very lucky and fortunate because of that, but I've always felt so connected to that home. Even after I moved out, I always referred to it as home. So anytime I was talking to someone and they'd be like, oh, are you going to be home this weekend? And I'd say, yeah, they would think I was referring to my apartment, but I was actually referring to my parents' house. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I've never called an apartment home until probably the one I'm living in right now, which I don't know. I don't know why that is, but I'll let the psychologists that are listening in determine that one. But, um, you know, it was kind of sad, right? Like, I think if you've heard any um, of our podcasts where I've sort of spoke about my parents being immigrants from Portugal, um, you know, they came here about, I want to say, 23 and 19 or about or 24 years old and 20 years old um you know they didn't come with with much if anything at all um and they were able to build this home my father built this home and i think that's why there was such an emotional connection there was that it was a home that we had been the first people to live in um it was built for our family so growing up i always had people ask you know why do you have a, a house with so many bedrooms and i would say well my father built the home to accommodate our family because he wanted people to feel comfortable coming to visit and that they would always have a place to stay and that if anything were to ever happen they could always find a home and and you know find a living situation with us so he did you know, the house was built with a sort of the intention of being that hosting house where everybody would come, have parties, be comfortable, feel at home. And that's exactly what it was for 24 years. Uh, we hosted hundreds and hundreds of parties. Every holiday was a party. Every birthday was a party. In the summer, we had barbecues every weekend. So all of our friends, our brother and our friends just knew, okay, Saturday, we're going over to the Nkava's house. We're having barbecue and, you know, and that's our plan. Um, and it, that was just a, in, you know, for me, such a great way to grow up because I did have very strict parents. So (laughs) I wasn't always able to go places, but it always felt so great knowing that my friends were always welcome at my home. Um, and I love that. And I, I sort of, I felt like that was a great way that my parents bonded with a lot of our friends. Um, and they have felt like parents of our friends at times, right? Because, they're just always around. (laughs) Our friends would literally always be around. So it just always felt like my parents had more than two kids. Um, and it was great. So I knew that it would come, there would be a time where they would have to sell the house. You know, my parents are about, are getting older. Um, my mom always wanted a ranch style home because the walking up the steps every day was getting exhausting for her. So we got notification on, I want to say Tuesday last week, that um, the house would be, like they were closing on the house um, on Thursday. So needless to say, we had three days to pack up the rest of our home. So it was all hands on deck. Uh, My two younger cousins, Jake and Kyle, came over to help and they were a godsend. Uh, We were all just picking things up, carrying them outside. But the first day I was home, I I felt so useless. I swear to God, it was one of those moments where you're standing there and you're like, I know things need to be done, but I don't know where to start. Um, It's usually how I feel when I'm trying to organize my closets or clean up my dressers. It's, you know, you know that there's work that needs Needs to be done but you don't know where to start you don't know what step one is and I didn't want to move things that people would need over the next two days so I kind of was just like a deer in the headlights the whole time I was home that first day and then by the time Wednesday rolled around I said to myself you know what they're getting out of this home 
they don't need anything. So get everything out. And that, that's when I started really hustling and taking things out to the truck and making sure that nothing got forgotten and that nothing was, um, you know, left behind in, in drawers that we might not have opened yet. So there was that. But long story short, we were able to move with ease um, and, and yeah, and sell the house. And um, my parents are very 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 happy they're the most deserving human beings ever of uh this life and in the life that they've built and i just want them to enjoy their life just a little bit more instead of always doing things for my brother and i and always thinking about what they can do to help us and and to further our future sometimes i wish they would just be like all right we're going to bora bora for six weeks leave us alone But I do think, obviously, it goes without saying that I'm so appreciative and so, so grateful for everything my parents have done for me. Um, You know, it's it's certainly not easy to start over in a different country. And they were able to just focus on what the end goal was and make things happen for themselves. And because of that, our lives, you know, my brother and I, our lives were so blessed and Um, And again, as I've said before, we're very fortunate and I'm incredibly grateful. And it was just really great to look at my parents on Thursday night when we were at dinner and, um, you know, know that for the first time uh, in a very, very long time, they felt like they had done the right thing. And um, and that, you know, their their time here in America wasn't for nothing and that they made the right choice coming here all those years ago. So that was Tuesday through Thursday. Um, And then Thursday night, I drove back up to my apartment. Um, Friday morning, my boyfriend and I went to go see his mom because it was his birthday. It was her birthday on Saturday. So we went to go give her some pre-birthday celebrations, some gifts. We uh, took our dog up. We took Sophie, and she was so excited to see Sophie. Uh, So that was great. It's always so good to see family, especially since we haven't really been able to see his mother as much since she is an essential employee. So she never stopped working. Um, and she was taking all of the precautions, so she didn't really like us being around just in case. Um, she was being very, very safe, so we respected that and appreciated that. Um, but now we did like a little social distance gathering. We brought her some lunch, um, and then we drove back down on Friday, hung out at our apartment, had some alone time as a couple, and then Saturday morning at the crack of dawn, I drove back to Long Island for my sister-in-law's bridal shower. Um, and as you know from my story about her bachelorette party, so many things have needed to be changed over the last year due to COVID. Um, and I imagine it's incredibly stressful for my sister-in-law because she is a very organized person and she meticulously planned her wedding and all the things prior to. And I'm telling you like two months after they got engaged, she had like everything already planned out. So it's unfortunate that life happens, right? Life gets in the way, but we've tried really hard to make sure that she still gets to enjoy all of the things that she would have gotten to enjoy prior to. So that means that we have to take precautions. That means that we have to be safer. Um, and that's what we did. So we had a little bridal shower for her. We displayed all of her gifts. They were all delivered. Um, and then we ate some good food, had some good desserts, drank some good drinks. And that was Saturday night. 
Um, and then Sunday morning, I drove back up again at the crack of dawn. So needless to say, I was exhausted on Sunday, but I cleaned my closet. I, you know, put some clothes away in my dresser and then I just pretty much plopped for the rest of the night. I could not work on this podcast if I was paid to. So I just said, I'll wake up early on Monday and get shit done. And that's what I did. And I'm here with you right now. So let's get into the actual topic of the day, which is gender roles. So BuzzFeed Nudes wrote an article. The article is titled, How the Pandemic Has Exacerbated the Gender Divide in Household Labor. And I actually wasn't even thinking about this. Um, And when I read it, I said, wow, this actually makes complete sense. So I want to preface that I'm going to be speaking about this from the heterosexual uh, point of view. However, if you do have sort of that same-sex relationship, um, that background, that story that you want to help me provide some context on, please let me know. I'd love to have you come on the show and talk about this because we could go hours talking about this topic and unfortunately... I, you know, I do want to keep these episodes to like 30 minutes max, but I want to have those discussions and I myself, am not going to speak on them because it's not something I'm familiar with. So if this is something you want to talk to me about, let me know and I can have you on and we can chat about it. So essentially what the article was saying is that because now parents, it's more so discussing parents, right? Um, and a lot of the relationships between household work, Um, So it's essentially saying that when women and men have now had to work remotely, the women have almost um, taken a percentage away from their workday to devote towards their children, but the men have not had to do that. So it's almost as if the women had taken on another job or another role, whereas the husband got to continue to devote his time to his job and his, um, you know, sort of that nine to five lifestyle. Um, So there was an interesting quote that I saw. It says, a study published in the Gender Work and Organization Journal found that among heterosexual couples where the mother and father did not stop working, the pandemic disproportionately affected mothers. Which, again, I'm not surprised, right? Because mothers are sort of the known caregiver in families. And it's been sort of that notion that's passed down generation after generation after generation that the women are the caregivers and the men are sort of the money makers where you don't necessarily see that so much anymore because both parents tend to work. Some women even make much more than their male counterparts. So it's an interesting conversation, but it's interesting to see how we all sort of dive back into our gender stereotype Um, especially during now these stay-at-home orders. So the same article also quoted that the study found that because of increasing housework and childcare, mothers have actually reduced their working hours four to five times more than fathers and concluded that the pandemic has made the gender gap in work hours 20 to 50% worse. And this article sort of went on to say that they believe the quarantine could provide detrimental results for a lot of women in the workplace because now 
they're being forced to work less, focus more on their families, when it could just really be a partnership effort. And maybe both parents are taking initiative knowing that they're going to have to give less to their jobs and give more to their children, um, or some sort of compromise in that regard too, right? But the article is saying that this could result in some detrimental effects of, you know, sort of setting women back even more so because of the fact that now we're sort of taking on that primary parent role again. Um, So, you know, mothers are the ones that are stepping into the parent role more than the fathers during quarantine. And I actually found it very interesting because they polled men and women regarding who does more of the virtual education at home. And almost all of the men say that said that they do the educating, right? So almost all of the men that were polled took ownership and said, oh, I do the virtual education. But then when they polled those women, only 3% of them actually agreed with that statement. So I found that kind of funny, right? You have a bunch of men who are like, oh, I do this. I take over the education. I, you know, help teach my kids at home. And then the women are like, that's not true. Actually, you don't do that. (laughs) So for whatever reason that might be, maybe men are trying to glorify what they do or they want some kudos or the women are maybe not trying to give the men credit for the one minor thing that they do actually do. (laughs) I'm not sure. I'm not trying to put my own biases on this statement so you can make your own judgment calls. Um, But that that was essentially the gist of the article is more so referring to parents, um, work, and how women have sort of had to take a hit at their day job so that they can pick up the slack on laundry, dinner, children, you know, getting the kids dressed every day, things like that. So I shared this article on my page and I got it, you know, I got a few conversations going in my DMs, which I thought was great, right, about the current gender roles for women and men. Um, And again, I'm only speaking on the heterosexual relationship, but I'll give you a little bit of a background on my particular experience. So as I mentioned before, my parents are immigrants. So by nature, their background, their culture coming to America, very different than the American culture and the American way of life. Even though we are still not um, as progressive as we should be as uh, a country, right, the United States, um, there are still a lot of countries who are much, much worse, right? So in Portugal, it's it's very similar to that where like the man, um, you know, the woman picks up essentially all of the slack in the household. She does the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, um, any, tr- like anything, any chore that would have been labeled as a traditional female chore back in the day is still technically labeled as a female chore, you know, currently. So when I was growing up, that's sort of all the things that I was taught, right? That the women do the laundry, the women clean the rooms. Um, you know, I used to literally, one of my chores growing up was to make my brother's bed and to fold my brother's laundry and to put his clothes away. Right. So I was raised very much in that type of environment where, um, the woman does take on that primary household manager role. Um, And it was, you know, growing up, it was my mom doing it 100% of the time. And then when I got old enough to really be able to do things on my own, which was like 10 years old, um, I started doing a lot of the chores and I started picking up a lot of the slack as well. Um, So that's sort of how I grew up. But my mom always made sure that I knew that just because 
my father was like allergic to household chores <laughs> that I could ask for help in my own relationship. So I could hold my significant other accountable to help. Accountable to help with laundry, accountable to take the garbage out, accountable to do the dishes, accountable to vacuum. You know, she always told me, look for someone who's going to help. You don't want someone who's sitting, you know, on the couch all day while you're running around like a maniac trying to get things done. It doesn't do good for your relationship and it certainly won't, you know, serve you well. You're going to stress yourself out. You're going to be an anxious mess. So that is something I always knew, even though I knew how to do everything and I tend to pick up that personality now where I just want to do things on my own. I don't want so much help, um, but I have found myself lately complaining or it's like I do everything because I want to, right? And then I'm like, oh, I don't get any help around here. But it's like, you don't let anyone help you. So you can't complain about it. Um, because anytime my boyfriend will ask to do something or will try to do something, I just end up doing it myself or sort of taking the lead on it. So at a certain point, you know, they're not going to want to continue to do things for you if you keep redoing it. And I vaguely, you know, I remember moments in my childhood where I'd clean the bathroom and then my mom would go in and clean it again because I didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> and I feel like I'm doing that now to my significant other, bless his heart. So I think what's super important that I see is I grew up in a very traditional family. So I grew up truly believing that women had to be that household manager and had to take on that role because of what I had seen. But but I feel very strongly about the fact that, you know, that's not what I want for my life. Um, it's not you know, how here in America I expect women to be treated or women to face the brunt of, especially now during quarantine, right? Where women are working, men are working, it should be split responsibilities. But this started to bring up questions and conversations with others in my DMs and I thought a lot about what people were saying and I wanted to share those things because I found them to be so interesting, right? Um, is that we tend to glorify, um, either glorify or vilify women who quote unquote do it all, right? Um, so for someone like my mother, um, she cooks, cleans, does everything, but she also worked, right? She was not a stay-at-home mom. So she would work from seven to four, and then she would come home, cook dinner, do laundry, do dishes, vacuum, clean up, and she did all those things. And she likes it. If you were to ask her now, oh my God, she doesn't want anyone touching her vacuum. Like this is her life. She loves this shit. But for, you know, any American person that walked into the home, they would be like, you mean your dad doesn't do the dishes? He just like sits at the island in the kitchen after dinner and watches TV while she's washing dishes. You know, they almost judge you, right? So it's, it's almost like, she would get judged by friends and sort of painted to seem like she was a weak woman because she enjoyed doing all of those things because it was such a cultural thing that Americans did not understand. Um, you know, I've even had friends who have refused to do their significant other's laundry when they're living together because he should do his own laundry. But in my mind, it's like, if you're already doing your own, why don't you just do your partner's? 
So that to me was always odd. But there is sort of this like stigma that is happening. And I don't, I don't know if it's targeted or geared towards like the feminism movement and wanting more for women. But now we're sort of judging women who tend to stick to those gender roles. When at the end of the day, feminism is really all about doing whatever you feel comfortable with and being able to do that without judgment. If I want to cook dinner for my boyfriend and do laundry for my boyfriend, I shouldn't be judged or for, you know, perceived as this weak woman because I didn't make him do it himself. And that's sort of how I saw people judging my mom growing up. And this is, of course, outside of the Portuguese culture, because in the Portuguese culture, you had the opposite effect, right? Whereas if you as a woman didn't get up after a dinner party and start clearing people's plates, then you were not going to be a successful woman, right? You almost got vilified for not doing it all. You got judged for not you know, jumping into those stereotypes and those roles. So there was such like an opposite side of the spectrum for so many things growing up um you know i felt like i was always fighting to be the perfect woman right the perfect woman who fulfilled all these gender stereotypes and all these roles but then on the other side i was like well no i want to work and i want to get paid more than you and i want to get what i deserve um and i realized you know later on in life that you can mix the two and you can do so without appearing weak and you can also ask for help without appearing weak. But that brings me to another point, which is sort of the notion of helping with chores rather than just doing them. And this article did a good job of sort of lining up the stepping stones so that you could see like most of the time um, it appears that the male counterpart will almost say that they're helping, right? So like I helped do the garbage today. I, you know, I helped with the dishes today. Um, which it's not help, right? It's, it's your job. Like that's your role at home. So you're not just helping, right? You know, a lawyer is not going to walk into a court and be like, I'm going to help win a case. No, that's your job to win the case. So instead of saying, oh, I'm going to help do the dishes and almost make it seem as if you deserve like a thank you or kudos, just do the dishes because that is your role in the home because that you as a parent, you as a caregiver, you as another human being who lives in that apartment or in that home, that's your role. So you're not helping, right? You're actually just doing. Um, And there is sort of this um, connotation that there does need to be kudos given, right? So I have never heard a woman unless she's mad and trying to, you know, give reasons as to why she's mad. I've never heard a, heard a woman be like, oh, I washed your dishes today and then waiting for a thank you, right? But I have heard so many men do that where it's like, oh, you know, I made you breakfast this morning and then like waiting for the other person to say thank you as if it's like, wow, you really went out of your way to make me breakfast when I make you breakfast every day. <laughs> it's like, now you deserve the thank you for the one time you did something. <laughs> so it's quite interesting. I do think that the notion of gender roles at home, um, there are people who are comfortable with them, right? And I won't knock on them. As I said before, I was raised in the a very high level of gender roles and a significant gender divide. Um, And 
I did have a lot of people who sort of said to me, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, so she took over 100% of the household management duties. But, you know, I had one person in particular tell me that her father had gotten sick, so her father ended up staying home, and her mother had to go to work. And because of that, her father actually assumed all of the household responsibilities. So it's almost like they did an even switch, which I think is great because that doesn't always happen, where um, suddenly the male counterpart will lose their job or be unable to work and then they step into the household the primary caregiver role Um, that's not always so common right a lot of the feedback I was getting was more so on just this thought process that women are expected to take everything over um, that women are expected to not go back to work after they have a child Um, I actually had experience with one of my former co-workers who was pregnant and when she had her baby she took some time off and when she came back in um, someone on our executive team was like oh wow so shocked to see you didn't think you'd come back after the baby so there definitely still exists this notion that as a mother um, we know either once you have a baby you're gonna give up your career or that you have to give up your career, right? There's that notion that as a woman, obviously you're not gonna work again because who's gonna take care of your children? But no one really expects that of men. Um, And I think that is the true root of a lot of gender issues is the expectation of women to do things and there's no expectation of men to do the same thing. I will say that there is obviously expectations of men about many other things, um, you know, so, such as they're not expected to be so emotional. If they do show emotion, they appear to be weak. You know, there's a lot of stereotypes against men as well. Um, but I'm specifically speaking towards the ones on women. But if you're a man listening to this and you'd like to come talk to me about that, then please do. So I'm always looking for guests. But we're at the 30-minute mark, and I like to keep these short and sweet, so thank you for joining us today. Um, I know this was just a sprinkle on the whole conversation that is gender roles and gender divide, but I encourage you guys to read the article on BuzzFeed. It is called How the Pandemic Has Exacerbated the Gender Divide in Household Labor, And if this describes you at all, let me know. Send me a DM. Would love to share your responses on social media. But that's all I have for right now. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week with another amazing episode of Femme Radio. Do you know any trailblazing females that you think we should be featuring? Send us an email at femt at gmail.com. That's F-E-M-M-E-T-E-E at gmail.com. As always, thank you for your support as we strive to promote the growth of diverse women in all industries. Hashtag get femmed.